welcome back to A Bit Louder. Wow, episode two. I honestly did not think I would be making an episode two right now. I really thought it was going to be like a one and done thing, but hey, here I am. Moving on, thank you so much for the support on the first episode. It really motivates me to do more, so that's why I'm here for installment numero dos. I'm taking Spanish if you couldn't tell. By the way, if you haven't noticed yet, but Spotify lists this as season one. Now, I'm not saying this is gonna have seasons, but hey, you never know, this could take off. Okay, anyway, I'm currently recording this on the day before Thanksgiving break, so I'm extremely hyper right now. Speaking of school, I'm sure we all have stories from school and our childhood that we'd really like to reflect on and think what in the world happened there. I got reminded of this by my current language arts teacher. We were writing memoirs and I tried to think of one of those considered smaller moments that really stuck with me to this day. One particular story really takes me back. I was in kindergarten. I was probably maybe three foot four. Now, if you're wondering how I know this, it's not because my parents told me or like I kept track of it in like a book, but I decided to compare my height and calculate it by comparing it to the shoe I was wearing in my class photo. Now, I know that sounds absolutely insane, but I was so bored. Do you know how many days I've gone without stepping foot outside? We're in the middle of a pandemic. What other things am I supposed to do? Anyway, did you know a shoe for a kindergartner is about four inches tall? That means I was about 10 shoes tall. If you ever need anyone to take to trivia with you about kid-sized shoes, you know who to ask. Now, I know that sounds extremely creepy, but I really did research children's shoes. Okay, we really need to move on and talk about the actual story. I was eating lunch with my best friend in the whole wide world, Fatina. I actually have no clear memory of her because this happened the year right before I moved. So I never saw her again, but hey, she's important in the story. I remember I was specifically eating goldfish. Can we talk about goldfish? We will. Um, they're so good. Can we talk about that? Well, this is my podcast, so you don't really have an option to tell me anything, but they are like perfection. You ever notice that? Like they're so crunchy, they're so cheesy. The powdery season is perfection. What's not to love? I was tearing apart that box of goldfish, not joking. And I was about halfway through. Then Fatina looks over at me. Um, best friend, where's your front tooth? <laughs> I wiggled my tongue around and felt that a tooth was missing. I frantically went to the supervisor at my school and she rushed me to the nurse. The nurse lady started forcing me to try to throw up the tooth as if it was in my digestive system, but hey, whatever, she's a school nurse. All school nurses are really questionable. Have you noticed that? Literally anything you do, like I'm pretty sure if you broke your arm, they would still give you ice, like everything ice. Like what's their problem? And like, I don't know if this was just my elementary school, but okay, so this is totally off topic. But did everyone who went to the nurse and got that bag of ice, like everyone just ate the ice. Like I specifically remember that. Moving on along in the story, basically what happened was that the nurse forced me to throw up what she thought was a tooth in my digestive system and nothing was coming out because I literally just started lunch and I just kept making gagging noises and it made me so uncomfortable. Like I don't want to recreate them because those sounds give me trauma. But you know, no, we're not gonna go there because the gagging noises were disgusting. Little did I know, my tooth was in the box of goldfish. Now, I I honestly am very upset at that nurse because what the frick, man? Could you not have given me any other option than forcing me to throw up? 
Do you know how hard it is to force puking? I'm so sorry if you're listening to this while you're eating. That is very difficult. Like, usually when you throw- No one likes throwing up. Can we talk- No one likes throwing up. Why would you ever force someone to throw- Like, that's your only option left. If I was stranded on an island and someone said that they could save me if I just threw up, I'm staying on that island. I wrote that story as a memoir and I was so positive about it. Like, I loved that memoir so much. I was positive I was gonna get like a hundred, like maybe even extra credit. It was a brilliantly written story and I got a 95. <laughs> I'm so offended actually. Like, I will, I really question myself. I'm like, Teresa, what do you do? Like, that memoir was like perfection, Teresa. I really wanted to refute that grade. Like, I was genuinely upset. I will send that memoir to anyone who doubts my abilities or my writing talents. And then we can both go to my ELA teacher to refute that grade. You can ask any of my previous ELA teachers and to ask them if I was a good student. Because they would totally be like, yeah, her writing was amazing. Because it was. I always got a hundreds. Wow, that paper really upset me. I'm not sure why, but I always like surrounded my life and my well-being and my mental health based on my grades. And just PSA for everyone who clearly does not get the message. Grades should not define who you are. Grades are just literally a number. If you always get 100s, you're clearly in the wrong class because you should be challenging yourself more. Or you just have high standards and can't take a grade lower than a 98. You know, potato, potato. Either way, it's not healthy. But that memoir will always stab me back every time when I read it now. I'm so disappointed in that. I don't know why I do that to myself, surround my life around my grades. Maybe because I'm delusional and I think a grade should define me, but it should not. Honestly, I think grades should only act as a checkpoint to see how well you're understanding something. Speaking of grades, we should learn that it and anything around school should not overtake us. It should not define you, obviously. Come on, people! Get the message! If you're still not convinced from my TED Talk in the last segment, maybe this story might change you. In sixth grade, I signed up for Spanish and put orchestra as my alternative. This was like the first year we could pick our classes and I was like super hyped up. I'm like, yes, I'm gonna do this. Fun fact, I did not get to pick my classes in sixth grade. I asked my friends in different states and apparently they do, but you know, Midwest check, you know. Anyways, the day I got my schedule, it was about three weeks before seventh grade started and I was checking my schedule with my close friend. And then I saw that they put orchestra for me instead of Spanish and I like cried. I'm not joking. I literally bawled my eyes out for like a week. And my friend's reaction was like, what in the world is wrong with this child? If I could describe her reaction, it'd probably be the emoji, you know, the eye mouth eye emoji, like those sequences of emojis, that was her. I know that sounds like a bit too much, but that's actually what happened. And you know what? Orchestra suddenly became one of my favorite classes. Now emphasis on one because orchestra would like really kill my fingers sometimes, but that's besides the point. It was still one of my favorite classes. Now I'm positive that that schedule was totally an error, but you see how I didn't hold on to that grudge? You know, I, now I look back on it, I totally could have just went to the counselor to change my schedule, but I didn't. But you know, whatever. I just let it become sort of like a roadblock for me and I just had to take a different route to my destination. It's like 
if you're driving the same road every day and then one day that road closes, you're not just gonna sit there and cry about it until the road gets fixed. You have to go home. Even though I did spend an irresponsible amount of money in that class, lost two years of what could have been world language credit, and almost lost more friends than gained in that class, I would never replace this for anything. Unless you told me you would pay me back double for everything I bought in that class because I actually spent so much money in that class. I think I bought like two separate violins because I was- because I was growing. Are you surprised? I'm like so short, but you know, whatever. Editor Teresa here. So I'm an idiot and while editing this podcast, I accidentally deleted the segue to the next segment. So there's a real awkward cut here, but hopefully you'll understand what I was trying to say. But Editor Teresa out, I'll be back. Now, I guess you could say that those stories have been pretty interesting and obviously they have been, but I can assure you that you will not expect the twist of this next one. In eighth grade, and I'm sure some of my friends immediately know what story I'm about to say with those three words. So, eighth grade. This was the beginning of the school year, and weird enough, it was also about a memoir. Wow, I don't know what it is about me and memoirs today, but it seems like a theme and we'll just go with that, you know? I'm using English vocabulary. Theme, look at me, I'm so talented. (laughs) Moving on, we had to write six word summaries and we were drafting, so I was trying to think of a story that I've never discussed before. Ah, it hit me, swimming. You know, we've talked about this multiple times, but I can't swim. So I was real excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can finally tell that story. And I'm gonna tell that story really quickly so you get the gist and then we can move on to the actual story. But this is like a flashback. So like, don't get confused. So in second grade, I moved to a new town in the Midwest where all my cousins lived. And because they lived in the Midwest, which is in the, in the middle of nowhere, so they really liked swimming because being from california you expect oh she probably knows how to swim she's from california now being from california should not give you a valid reason to assume that i can swim but my cousins use that as a valid reason why i can't swim so they took me to a recreational center and i changed into my swimsuit so confidently fun fact that was the first swimsuit i've ever got like gotten in So you know that I can't swim, like this child cannot swim. I don't know what I was thinking, but I threw myself into this 12 feet deep area. Now you're probably thinking, oh no, she's probably gonna die. Well, firstly, that's a bit harsh, but you can see how I'm still alive and telling you this story, I'm so well. Don't be such a negative Nancy here, okay? Do you not remember anything from the last episode? Well, maybe this is your first episode because the previous one wasn't that interesting, but let's just say we need to change our mindsets, people. We have to be more positive. What if I threw myself into the water and found out I was a naturally born swimmer? Like, I was so talented and I shocked all my cousins by jumping in there and literally becoming Michael Phelps, okay? What if I jumped in there and started swimming away into the abyss? So I jumped gracefully into the 12 feet deep area and started kicking. Oh, I'm not going anywhere. Well, kick harder. For some reason, my body just stopped. I could still see the water and the bottom of the pool so clearly, but I just didn't move. Now this is the part where I realize I'm unconscious. Hi, um, editor Teresa back at it again because she sucks at recording this, obviously. So basically, 
I'm not unconscious. I am not unconscious. I was fully aware of everything. I was just not moving. Like, I don't know. That's why my cousins didn't come for me immediately because, you know, it's complicated. I'm real stupid. We understand. I'm sorry for cutting in so many times. It's just real complicated. So I guess you were correct about me possibly dying. But hey, I, at least I taught you how to have a more positive mindset. But clearly in this example, it's not working. For what felt like five minutes, I thought that I had died and angels were coming up to pick up my lifeless body. In reality, it was just my cousins dragging my fat jiggly body from the bottom of the pool. Now that I think about it, it was definitely not school appropriate to write a memoir about it, but for some reason I thought it was a good idea. So my six word summary was swimming, drowning, not the best feeling, pretty good and dramatic, which is what I would describe myself. So I turned it in without thinking about anything. The next week, it was Friday and I went to science. And I recall that we were learning about clouds, I think. I honestly don't know. Or the water cycle. I don't remember anything I learned in, in eighth grade science, except for the fact that it was about like, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, my teacher was lecturing me and I was taking notes and I was in a really good mood because science is my last period and it was Friday. So obviously that is like, yes, great day to be. Best class to be in, in my opinion. My teacher gets handed this note by a teacher assistant and he like was walking around the class while lecturing and he drops it by my desk. And I look at it, but I'm like trying real hard to take all these notes. So I'm like looking down on it. It says counselor's office and I continue cumulus crowds and wait a minute. It said counselor's office. What in the world? Now I was in eighth grade. So I was in middle school for like three years and I've never been to the counselor's office. And this was just stress and anxiety. And so I kind of like looked at him weird, like, hey, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to leave? And he just gave me that nod, you know? And so I left class and I walked down to the hall to the counselor's office. That walk was the longest walk of my entire life. My mind was filled with ideas of what this could be for. Unfortunately, I'd gotten into an argument with my friend that same day. So I immediately started thinking of ways to apologize. My hands were so shaky as I grabbed the door to the counselor's office. For privacy reasons, we will call her Mrs. Adrenaline because adrenaline was feeling in my body and telling me that I should get the frick out of there. I was like that meme that was like, hi, how y'all doing? Yeah, it was not good, clearly. Mrs. Adrenaline addressed me to my seat and I will never forget what she told me. So I was sent this disturbing email from your language arts teacher. Do you recall writing a six word summary? It hit me. <laughs> I'm an absolute moron. I obviously said yes, because I remembered that my mom told me that if I was honest, I could get out of that situation as fast as I can. Mrs. Adrenaline asks, so what is your memoir about? I was real stressed as at the point and I was like, uh, it's about me uh, uh, swimming and uh, uh, then drowning. Great job, Teresa, you're quivering, which makes you even look more likely to be depressed. You like swimming? No, I can't, I can't swim. My memoir's about me trying to learn um, about swimming and my um, cousins and I drowned and my cousins didn't help me. And then they not, and the not the best feeling part was supposed to be sarcastic because now I look back on it and I find it real funny. Ha 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 ha. And no, I'm not depressed. My friends love me and I love school and I love my life and I, so it's about swimming. Yes, Mrs. Adrenaline. Do you ever consider going back to learn swimming? 
yes and i took lessons and i and I, this continued on i was near tears because i was really stressed that they were going to contact the local authority to tell my mom that i was like depressed or something i don't know isn't supposed to scare you from counselors i actually think reaching out to counselors and people when you're struggling is really healthy if you ever feel isolated or lonely or going through a really hard time i always recommend you tell someone like anyone because holding that regret deep in your heart is not healthy now clearly this swimming this swimming story is not traumatic or anything to me i actually hold no regrets and i don't hold any grudges against my cousins or anything for not saving me sooner um editor teresa here i'm real disappointed in myself for not stating this while i was recording the um the actual podcast but i wanted to say i can sort of swim i took like two lessons in vietnam and i can kind of do what is it called the frog technique so yeah if you're wondering how my swimming is going i can do the frog technique for sure but you know if you're going through something i totally recommend telling anyone it doesn't have to be the counselors but you know i care someone cares and holding a burden in your heart is extremely unhealthy and it doesn't matter who it is as long as it's someone you are cared for you are acknowledged well that took a dark turn let's try to end this on a happier turn shall we moral of the story i can't eat goldfish school is okay and i can't swim well that's it for me today i hope everyone is happy and healthy i'm planning on uploading this like the saturday of thanksgiving break so yeah i hope everyone has an amazing thanksgiving break or just break or just chill you know do whatever you want i'm not your mom i recently created an instagram account for this podcast it's at a bit louder literally spelled exactly like the title it's also in the description if you missed it also i totally recommend reading the descriptions of all of my podcasts because they have super meaningful tidbits that i usually forget to say here or whatever you know so anyways have a great day or a great rest of your day and remember to be a bit louder thank you